ghost of a Nelson Mandela coming to you from beyond the cliff to bring you Nelson Mandela's ghostly podcast. Thanks. This is the ghost of Nelson Mandela. Why have you summoned me? Mandela. Oh, great. A warlock. Mandela. Release me from this enchantment. No. We summoned you for a reason. What is so important that you have interrupted my podcasting? Your podcast isn't important, whelp. How dare you! You haven't even heard it. Actually, we listened to the first episode about an hour ago. You did? Yes. Oh, I have an audience. Did you leave a review on iTunes? Or wherever you listen to your podcastings? No. Oh, that would have been nice. Listen, it's been great, but I'd like to go now. I think it's time you released me. We'll only release you. If... If you show us... Where you shit from! Ugh! bastards! What is wrong with you? Ugh, no! I'm not some sort of plastic jet! If you want to be released, show us! Jesus Christ! I used to be the president of South Africa for God's sake! Now I'm reduced to showing a hole like my bumhole! Show us! Oh, for God's sake. There. Are you happy? Yes. You can go. No funny business? No, it's fine. You can go. Look, the portal you came through is still open. I didn't have to do this, did I? No. going now. Bye-bye, pretty boy. What an ordeal. At least my podcasting equipment is still... Oh God, it's still recording. Jesus. Hello, my friends. So, I guess you heard all that. Moving on. Where were we? Ah yes, the transparent cube. I woke up in my bed. It was gone. Turns out I absorbed it into my spirit. I guess it sounds pretty boring like that. So, might as well record episode (sighs) 3. Come on Nelson, stay positive. Hello my friends, it's me. Nelson Mandela! (laughs) So, you're probably wondering what it's like here. You are? Good! Um, it's pretty dark. 
There's no sunlight. There's purple fog everywhere. I'm certain of the ghost of the chestnut tree. I have a fire going, and my podcasting equipment is just outside my tent. It's okay. Not great. I don't know for how long precisely, but for what felt like the first few weeks here, I was sleeping naked under a tree. Luckily, I found this tent and my trusty poncho whilst I was out foraging for berries one night. So that's me. (sighs) It's good to be home. So, time for a story. Did you know, I was once abducted by... Uh, no, no. Hmm. Hmm. Another story on this occasion, I think. Ah, yes. I'll tell you about the seal. As you know, I was the military commander of Nkonto with Seswe. In 1962, I had traveled to Algeria to train with the Algerian Liberation Front. I had reached the simulated interrogation stage of the training, and I was sat, handcuffed to a chair, with a black bag over my head. Well, I think it was black. I couldn't see a thing. I could hear my interrogator pacing back and forth. Tell me where the rebels are hiding. You're not Algerian. Quiet. You will speak when spoken to. Please, stop hitting me. No! He kept hitting me across the tops of my legs with a riding crop. It hurt very, very much. It was the first time I had ever experienced a beating like this, but I was determined not to fail. Now, as you may well imagine, I have experienced my fair share of success and failure in life. At the pinnacle of my success, I was elected to the office of president. And at the pit of my failure, I spent 27 years in prison. During my sentence, I experienced failure in many forms, which included 148 failed escape attempts. And let me tell you, my friends, after 10 failed attempts, you start to think outside the box. One day, I was working alone in the prison kitchens. It was about 11 o'clock at night, or something like that, and I was on potato peeling duty. Potato after potato, I peeled away. My hands stank of starch, and I couldn't move my fingers. It wasn't long until the end of my shift, when I would have to go back to my cell and fight off the advances of my amorous cellmate. So I decided the time was right for escape attempt number 11. I went to the fire and held my hand over the grease. It was cool, so I plunged my hand into the fire and scooped up a handful of grease and smeared it across my naked body. When I was covered from head to toe, I grabbed a satchel from the store cupboard and threw it over my shoulder. I grabbed the potato peeler and approached the pole. Using the peeler, I unscrewed the cover to the ventilation shaft. Once it was off, I climbed in and began crawling to freedom. 
Unfortunately, I did not realize that although the entrance to the ventilation shaft was more than big enough for a man my size to climb through, it quickly became tighter than an asshole roughly about 10 meters in, and I got stuck. After two days, I had no choice but to admit defeat. I had already eaten all the potato peelings I had smuggled in the satchel for nourishment, and as I lay there, trapped in the ventilation shaft, covered in grease in my own excrements, unable to tell which was which, I finally thought, Oh, fuck it. Help! Help! I called. I'm stuck in the ventilation shaft. I give up. I want to go back to my cell. It was another two days before they finally worked out where my panic screams were coming from. I know that I was only able to stay alive by eating what to this day I hope was the grease. And after I was rescued and received the obligatory savage beatings, I was sent back to my cell. Luckily, when I got back to my cell, I found my cellmate had hung himself. Let me tell you, my friends, Lady Luke smiled on me that day. She even gave me a wink. Tell me what I want to know, or I will fuck you with a mango! Ah! Oh, I'm sorry. I went off on a bit of a tangent there, didn't I? So, I'm at the simulated interrogation stage of my training. Have you ever been fucked by a mango? Ah! Many years before any of all that, I was tired and in agony. It was hard not to forget that these threats weren't real, but just part of the training. I was terrified, but I refused to talk. After another 12 hours, I had passed the simulation and was sent to the infirmary. Oh, my prostate! When I got out, I was given instructions to see the seer. The seer, I asked? The soldier who handed me my orders simply smiled, revealing several gold teeth, and turned away. The seer's tent was enormous! Much bigger than mine. I pulled back the entrance and stepped inside. Jesus Christ! I exclaimed when I saw him. It. Whatever. I don't think it was human. He was sat cross-legged on the floor, naked, except for a black hooded cape that covered his head and back. It did little to protect his modesty. Where his genitals would normally have been was a gaping wound, smothered in thick black blood. Maggots filled the wound and oozed out slowly, falling onto the floor. He held one hand out in front of him, and there was a pentagram caught into the flesh of his hand. With his other hand, he stuffed maggots that had fallen from his genital wound into his empty eye socket. His other eye fixed on me with a psychotic gaze. Uh, hello, I said. <coughs> I stood there, quite bemused, eating a bag of eucalyptus leaves. He gestured for me to sit down, and after a moment contemplating the offer, I decided it would be a bad idea to refuse. Why am I here? You are here because you have a destiny, Mandela. 
His teeth were sharp like fangs, and his overbite cut into his bottom lip and chin, causing black blood to ooze down as he spoke. I don't believe in destiny. Do you believe in pain and suffering? Yes, I said, stroking my sore legs. Then take this. He pointed to a chest on the far side of the tent. What is it? I asked. A gift. A present. A future. A past. I cautiously rose to my feet and approached it. What is it? I asked again. He said nothing, just smiled menacingly, his eyes still fixated on me, twitching ever so slightly. I slowly approached the chest and it began to pulse, as if charging up. I stood before it and looked back to the seer, but he was gone! I slowly reached out my hand and touched the lid. It felt cold to the touch and... Huh? What the hell? My telephone is ringing. It hasn't rung the whole time I've been dead. I better answer it. Hello? Nelson speaking. 